0: Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, October 6, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have one of those reversal candles. Let's go back to something we discussed yesterday. In particular, the email Indicator. The title of the video yesterday was Beware of the Fake Out, Which Way? Well, let's couple that together with the email indicator and you have a reversal day on our hands. Also from last night's video, we discussed the fact that the market was down a lot and it was down a lot of days in a row, not necessarily every day, but for the most part, it was down for like a month. Okay. Not to say it can't be down for another week or two or three. However, When you have a market that's down a lot for a period of time, and then all of a sudden you mix in the email indicator, everybody's getting bearish. We talked about that. And I don't just mean the email's everybody getting bearish. What I mean is a lot of people were getting bearish across the board, on TV, in the blogs, all that stuff. The more people get bearish, the more we're susceptible to a short squeeze on a spark. What's the spark? Maybe it's the debt ceiling discussion maybe it's the resolution of the debt ceiling. Maybe it's something else. Maybe they're going to pass one of these trillion dollar, $3 trillion, $8 trillion packages. Who knows what it's going to be? Regardless, we have to stay aware of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew at all times. If they started breaking the low from the other day, that's a different story. However, And I'm gonna show you something on a different chart when we get there. It'll be very interesting. And it's also another one of our gauges, something we can use as a gauge to know if we're gonna get another follow through or slash rip your face off rally. So let's look at this thing like an umpire, objectively leaving our biases at the door. We already know the part where we came down a lot Fair enough. What's that 429.50? We'll get to that later. That has to do with some intraday stuff. That became our intraday pivot. They pivoted off that and started a rip-your-face-off rally. We'll get to that later. And yes, they started the rip-your-face-off rally after I built the case inside the numbers why they had an opportunity to go down. They chose not to. Therefore, watch out for the upside. A squeeze could be coming. You'll see that later. Back to the looking at this thing objectively, we still have come down from wherever you wanna draw it, from the 2nd of September, from here, it doesn't make any difference. They're still making this, even though today was a nice big reversal type candle finishing at the highs, they still are in this bearish, flaggish, wedgish formation. So we need to understand that, and as long as we do understand that, Where's the spot where this thing can take off? Well, for one, looking at the daily chart, you have a high in this breakdown candle of 436.77. Therefore, above 436.77 on a daily close, and that whole wedge-ish, thing, the bearish thing for the downside is really put off the table, and you have to watch out above because the same energy that would generally be released in the downward or southern direction gets released in the northern direction. But wait, there's more. Here's an hourly chart. Now, you have to take some of this with somewhat of a grain of salt, I'll say. And before I show you what I'm gonna show you, we have to look at it like this. The market's going down, up, down, up, down, up. It's basically an EKG but is there more to meets the eye? Well, if you get out the technical analysis textbooks, and this one isn't necessarily my favorite one, but it is on the board, and you take a look at it like this. You say, here's a pivot high, and here's another pivot high, and it does meet the necessary requirements slash in the rule book for a head and shoulders or inverse head and shoulders pattern on this hourly chart. The way it meets the rules is this. Here's a left shoulder here. Here's a head which the peak is lower than the shoulder. So that works. And then here's the right shoulder and the peak is higher than the head or the peak of the head. And so therefore it is a good and valid head and shoulders pattern. Now keep this in mind. We talked about this the other day in the NASDAQ market, the Qs. We're going to take a look at that again. Here's another one from an inverse perspective. And again, I wouldn't necessarily say this is the best thing on the board. It's kind of sloppy. It's an EKG, all that stuff. However, forget the head and shoulders. Just say this. What happens if they break above this trend line? What are they going to do? Well, A, they're going to test some pivots like this one, which is close by, and this one, that's at a high of 436, and you'll remember that number, it was important before. And then you flip back to the daily chart and say, well, the next order of business would be the breakdown candle high of 436.77, and so this is the way I'm going to work this. We're going to say that if they get above this trend line, the next order of business is 436.77, give or take, And if they get above that area, what are they going to do? They're going to begin to climb up the breakdown candle here. The high of this one is 440, a big fat round number. You see how this all works. You see how it comes together one step at a time, one candle at a time, one day at a time, one number at a time. A number is resistance until which time and price gets above it. Then it becomes support. Here's the 240 chart. Remember from yesterday's discussion, we had a big breakup candle. And we said, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna run a test of the low of that candle? Well, that's exactly what happened. You'll notice that they ran back up, fill the gap, ran back up to close back above the low of that candle. And here we are, back right where we started from yesterday afternoon. What about the 120 minute chart? I think this one's even a little bit more interesting. So we have the same breakup candle, the same low at 429.39. And look what's going on here at the beginning of today. The close was 429.57 at 11.30. Did they fight back to close back above at the close of that candle? Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? And the short answer is no. This is what we call a shakeout operation. They're running a test, a successful test. They close above. And what happens? Immediately, and I say immediately when you're looking at this 120 minute chart because they didn't spend any time for candles, right? The next candle started right back up, and the following one, and the following one after that. So, all this was in hindsight, Monday morning quarterback, is a test of the breakup candle low, period. Now, at the time, you're looking at a five-minute chart. At the time, you don't know that that's just going to be a test. They could fall apart. They could stay down there all day. You don't know. But once you have a pivot and you have a reason, and you'll see that later when we get to Inside the Numbers, then at least you have a schematic to trade off of. Let's check out Inside the Numbers. And first, we'll say this morning was kind of a rodeo. So it was not an easy trading environment by any means. However, things changed later in the day. Patience pays. Let me leave you with that before we get to some of the commentary. It's hump day. They sold them overnight, leaving price in the familiar teetering position, down to brass tacks. So the numbers are as follows. The gap left open for Monday is around 428.69. So opening the day below is the first bona fide signal there's trouble in bull paradise. Let's begin to get the visual five-minute chart right of the vertical today's activity. The opening print today was above that number, 429.97. 428.69 is that gap. The area around 427 will produce a bull bear battle. They didn't get there, but they got close. They got to about 427.54. And then we had some other stuff lower if they should start to fail. We've had those numbers before. You have to come pre-prepared. You have to come in uniform, ready to go. Then we state that since they came close the other day, it's not the same, but it's an important spot. And then, all of a sudden, we have to bring up that the cues they were getting killed. The NASDAQ was getting killed in the morning. We have that head and shoulders on the board, and we're going to get to that later we have it in both directions. Either they're gonna continue to go lower and play out that thing, or that head and shoulders pattern is actually going to fail, and that same energy is gonna then be released in the northern direction, same as we just discussed before in the SPY. We're always looking at both sides of the tape. We have to stay unbiased in order to be successful. Maybe they're just cleaning up the gap with the intention of bouncing back up north. Obviously, that was a potential, that was on the board, that was one of the schematics at zero dark 30. Our first hint, will be opening the day above or below 428.69. The next clue, there's a rescue operation, we'll be getting back above 429.40 on candle closes. There's that number again, Early in the morning, I had it at 429.40. I bumped it up a dime, 429.50 after the bell rang, as the day got underway. That became our pivot. Let's see what else we have. We're scrolling up. I urge you to read the notes, go back to the charts, double-check the work. We discussed the fact that they were a rodeo early in the day. They're down, they're up. They're down, they're up. We had the numbers. But sometimes, as fast as you can put the numbers up on the board, they're already bouncing off the number, they're already ripping higher, or they're already collapsing off a resistance area. Where does the rescue operation really take hold? How About 4:30,25? Now back to the pictures. 4:30:25 is the top horizontal line. You see what happens. When they got above it, they started to rip higher, and then they failed. They gave you like 10 points, but they started to fail. And then they came all the way back down. It was resistance, but they certainly spiked it through. I shouldn't say resistance. I'm gonna retract that. What I'm gonna say is it was an important number, and you can see that evidence over here. It was still important. You could see a number of times that general area, whether you wanna call it the fat number of 430 or you wanna call it 43032, doesn't make any difference. The point is, my number was 43025. And that number proved to be somewhat important throughout the day before they ended up ripping higher one more time. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. Above 4.30.25 is 4.31.20. That's that 10 points. It's a dollar in the SPY, 10 S&P handles. And there you have it, 4.31.20 is the next area of resistance at 9.32 a.m. Back to the pictures, 4.31.20. So as long as you know the numbers and they're above one number, well, you have the number of where they're likely going. That was the next number. Know thy numbers, not easy to trade. They fell away from that. And you can read the notes, go back to the charts, double check the work during the rodeo stuff. you could see here the uh, 958 post where they did the thing where they spiked the low, fill the gap, rip it back up in the other direction. And then we have simply closing candles below the gap is not good for the bulls, but good for the bears. 427.50 is the last line of defense before Monday's lows. And the rodeo goes back and forth, back and forth. You can read the notes, go back to the charts and see the numbers, the rodeo, the whole thing. We'll circle back to Stocks on the Move. There's a comment on one of them. Here you go again with the 429.50. That's support once they're over it. Getting below is a fumble for the bulls. 429.50 should produce a bounce. This is 1047. Closing candles below opens a door for lower numbers. They didn't do that. They came up short and then they bounced away and that was the one we were looking for. They came up short, so I didn't get it. If you front ran it, you might've gotten it. Now here, by 1051, pay attention to this one. The look is to go fill the gap. Closing hourly above 430.60 should do the trick and give them a jolt first closing shorter term candles is necessary of course staying above 430.60 keeps the bulls in charge and eyes on the gap at 433. now let's get a visual of this one the top line is now 430.60 so you see what's going on here they're trying they're trying to get there they can't they're trying to get there they can't once they get there and they get above that's it that's all she wrote even in this five minute candle this one right here Close, 430.62, and that was it. That's all she wrote. They tried it over here, but they came back to run a test of what? Another important number, support. The support worked, so what do they do? They go back to the next number above. If support doesn't work, what would they have done? They would have come back to the gap and or lower, but instead, they went the other way, and once they got above the next number, what do you do? You look to the next number after that. That's the way the market works, one step at a time. Let's scroll up, keep going. Let's get into some of the afternoon stuff. This is a good one. 12.37. So here's the update. They can't get anywhere. They just got stuck for a while around lunchtime. That happens. They're eating time off the clock. Okay, fair enough. Now, let's go back to a chart and look at that. They're eating time off the clock. Let's look at a 10-minute chart for this one. Again, right at the vertical is today's activity. So, therefore, they're eating time off the clock. Now, did they make a move down? and they're eating time off the clock like this, ready for another move lower, like that? That's one possibility. Or are they eating time off the clock from a move higher off the morning low, and they're eating time off the clock like this, and then they're gonna make another run higher? Now at the time, you don't know, but if you know that they're eating time off the clock, and they're above an important number, then they're subject to go to the next number. If they're below an important number, they're subject to go to the next number. So that's the way we play it. Again, understanding what the big picture looks like, they definitely made a move down and they definitely made a move up. So now they're eating time off the clock and it's a guessing game. So you narrow it down to, well, are they above something or below something? So are the bulls in control or are the bears in control? If you know your numbers, you have that piece of it under your belt. There's a method to the madness. Sure, I'm going over inside the numbers. I want traders that are active in the market during the trading day. I want them to participate, become an inside the number member. But not only that, but I'm also teaching you about the charts while I describe what I'm looking at during the trading day, so you get to see my thought process. I don't know if you can see the thought process, but you get to understand the thought process of how I go about the numbers, how I go about the charts during the trading day, and it all comes together Inside the numbers, there's a method to the madness. 429.50 appears to be the current pivot. Below that, they fall away and activate some lower stuff. However, above that, and they go higher, right? Right. So here you have it, 115. From a trading perspective, traders can be long as long as the SPY stays above 429.50 on candle closes. Below and the bear case is active. Above, and they'll make another run for the high of day, which was pretty far at the time, at least under normal garden variety conditions. Many opportunities to fail and hasn't. Why? Maybe because she's going in the other direction. About just thinking from a common sense perspective, notwithstanding Trick and Company. We're moving along. Right after that, like 10 minutes later, funny how that works. They start to run, and they don't look back. So you can read the rest of the notes, pause the video, all that stuff. By the way, there was another short opportunity on the board. So let's check this out. 141, question comes in. Can we short the gap? 433.05 is the gap. That's the number. On the first hit for a scalp trade, you can. Closing candles above will have turned that into not a good idea. Eating time off the clock under it before they hit the gap, not a good short either. Me personally, I wasn't interested, I'm not interested in a short after the ride up there. I want to keep the profit, it's getting late in the day, I don't need a pie in the face. However, if they get all the way up to 430 440 or so in a hurry, that might represent a different story, unlikely at the time I thought, but good to be prepared. Let's forward on a little bit, see what happens. 154. Now, 43050 is support and they did not get to 43305 right away. They kind of played games with it, little bit of shenanigans, did the macarena in front of it. So therefore, the short is not the same anymore. Might work, but the better one was the straight shot up there. All right, fair enough. Now, by 2.10, see what happens when they do the dance. They started pushing above it, so we have to be aware of the secondary squeeze or follow-through seem to be underway. 2.14, 3.34.50 is resistance. I'm still not taking a short, but if a trader needs to have one, there it is. Only on a straight shot. It's trader's choice to take the short, 4.33.50, which should have read 4.34.50, And look at this transposition of numbers here. Late in the day, I think my eyes go cross-eyed. Nobody corrected me on that one. You're all sleeping at the wheel. But it's important, we need to stay on that number. 434.50 is what it should be. And here it is, 434.50, right there, produced a pullback, it produced a reaction in the other direction, and that's what should have happened under normal garden variety conditions. That doesn't mean that I want the trade. I don't take every trade. I can't take every trade. Nobody can take every trade you see. I took the ride up. It was late in the day. I didn't want to take any more undue chances. I'm running it as a business. I took the deal, folded up my tent, and that was it. Let's finish out the notes, and there it is. You can see what happened. 430, 450 worked anyway. Main reason is because I wasn't taking the trade. That said, tongue-in-cheek, But you all know what I mean by that. You take the trade, it doesn't work. You don't take the trade, it works. We've all experienced that emotional masturbation phenomenon. What about stocks on the move? We always look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we only had one that hit its price objective today or entry target. One came close, X came close, didn't do it. AAL did do it. BBBY did not, and STZ did not. By the way that brings up another interesting point. I noticed that this morning there weren't a lot of stocks getting killed while the S&P 500 was getting killed early in the morning in the pre-market. That was kind of an interesting thing going on. Now, that's not to say they couldn't have dropped them at the open, but there was light volume on a lot of the stocks even if they were down a dollar or two, 2%, 3%, whatever it was, even those stocks had very light volume, 1,000 shares, 1,500 shares, 2,500 shares traded, or even less. And so I'm looking at those saying, well, I can't put those up on the board because there's not enough volume in the pre-market to give me a real case or an interest of what's going on. And when that happens, it turns out to be a tell more often than not that there wasn't a lot of people, slash money managers, slash investors, traders, whoever. There weren't a lot of orders to sell a lot of stuff at the open, which ultimately can be a tell. You don't say, I'm going to trade off that information, but it's information you have in the back of your mind. I had it in the back of my mind today. American Airlines is the only one that hit, getting a buzz cut at the open. $20.33 was the number on the board. Zero dark 30. The number worked. You could see they hung out down there for a while, just like the market. And then once the market started to move, Guess what? AAL started to move, and it gave you the base hit right away anyway, but it floundered around for a while. The numbers work. Where have you heard that before? What's going on over in camp IWM? So check this out. This is the one that I was referring to before, along with the cues, which we'll look at in a moment. But something interesting happened in the IWM today. So 217.44 is a number we identified It was a weekly number. It's an important number. So they spiked it today. They got below it, and they rallied right back above it. So let's just take a look at what that represents one more time for the folks that don't remember. There it is. There's your weekly chart. Breakup candle low, 217.44. And they've tested it a number of times, and they still are above it. Where will they be by Friday's close? Traders that have taken the course, lazy e-mini trader, will notice something else on this chart that's extremely important. What I'll leave you with is, time is more important than price. If you've taken the course, you should be able to identify it. If you haven't, you won't. Are the moving averages gonna contain price? They're gonna rally back up to the underside or beneath them, the undercarriage, not be able to get through and fall away, or are we gonna have a squeeze Refer back to the email indicator. Don't forget who's in charge. It's not you. It's not me. It's Trick and Company, the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew. How many people do you think were shorting the market this week? How many puts were bought yesterday? How many puts were bought this morning? How many lemon meringue pies were smashed in the face today? Food for thought. So we're looking at a five-minute chart. Maybe you use a one-minute chart, which I don't particularly like. Maybe use a three minute chart, which I don't particularly like. There's not enough data in those charts. I don't even like a five minute. So anyway, you go look at the intraday chart and what happens if you don't know about the 217.44? If You're just looking at a chart, you're guessing somebody else's number, who knows? But now you put 217.44 in the chart and then you watch and you see how the market reacts to that number. And the more you watch, and the more you see them fight back to the number, and the more you see what goes on, the more you realize how the market works. For instance, look what's going on here. Do you think that's a coincidence? 217.44, they're testing it. They're testing it. Once they get back above it, and they test it, and they can't close back below it, whether you're looking at a five minute chart, you're looking at a 10 minute chart, and the more time they stay above it, here's a 10, there's a 15. The more time they stay above a number that's important, the more that number is supportive of the market and they'll want to trade away to some number up north of it. The more time they spend below, same routine, just the mirror image. What about the folks over at the transportation department? Where are they headed? You got it. 14,760. Again, you got a sloping or sloping over that number, the 100-period moving average. It's an important spot. There should be overhead resistance around that spot. Now, we're getting closer to the end of the week. What's going to happen by Friday's close? Here's the weekly chart. If they get above there by Friday's close, what will they have done? Well, they're going to start getting above the high, which is a slightly different number, but it's close by 14,794.05. They're going to get above that high of that breakdown candle the weekly chart 20 period moving average, and if they close the week above, you can expect follow through next week. And if they didn't break down, what are they gonna do? They're gonna release energy in the northern direction. Beware of the squeeze. We don't know that these things are gonna happen. We have to be aware of them. You can't be just looking at the downside saying, well, market's gonna fall apart, I don't care what it does next week, three weeks from now, But the market's going to fall apart eventually. Well, guess what? You can play both sides of the tape. What happens if it's a big fake out and they rally into the end of the year? Is that not possible or possible? Anything is possible. What happens, for example, they solve the debt ceiling issue. They agree, meaning the politicians, the Republicans and the Democrats, somehow they agree on some package, some $2 trillion package, $2.5 trillion package, whatever it is, both sides are slightly unhappy. They come to a deal, and all of a sudden, the uncertainty gets lifted from the market. Everybody says, okay, that's over with, and the party on starts to continue because all of a sudden you realize, hey, wait a minute. There's going to be tons of spending going on. There's more money sloshing around in the market, and they send prices higher again. Whether they do that or they don't do that, it'll be short-lived one way or the other, but it's always on the table. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? Well, here they come. Maybe they run a test of the trend line. Maybe they get above the trend line. Here's the deal. If they don't get above the trend line, it's trouble for all the markets. If they do get above the trend line, all the markets are going to rip. They close above it, and this thing fails. They're going to go right to the moving averages, fill the gap, and if they get above the moving averages, you know what's coming. The trend is your friend. Party on. The wall of worry is back. They sweep the negative news under the rug. No news is good news. Good news is good news. Any news is good news, and that's the way it'll work for a while. doesn't work that way indefinitely, but it could work that way for weeks. Remember from last night's video, everybody's expecting a debacle in October. Are we going to get a debacle? Maybe. Or are we going to get a debacle dressed up in pie crust? Maybe. Anything wrong with the financials? Nope. Trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. Smash mouth. Now she's teetering, good positive day. However, until they get above the high of 254.96, we'll call it 255 for argument's sake, then they'll go fill this gap and work on the 100 period moving average and so on and so forth. But until that happens, this is creating a bearish kind of situation going on here. So you could be faked out in either direction. This is why we look at each chart independent of one another. From a technical perspective, today was a positive day. It was a recovery day. They could have killed the market. They finished near the highs. They reversed intraday. From a technical perspective, that's fine. That's a positive day. However, when you look at the daily chart, nothing really happened other than they're poised to get above the first resistance level. That's it. As we get closer to the end of the week, you have to say, well, are they going to close two weeks in a row below the 20-week moving average? Well, that really cracks the door open further for them to run a test of the what? of the pivot here and the 50-week average. The pivot here is 242.09. The 50-period moving average will be slightly higher next week. Will likely coincide with that pivot low. That was a reversal week. It's an important spot. Should get some bulls playing defense around that general area if visited. Hint, hint. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.